Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, December 18th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are lower this morning. Pretty quiet trade uh, in the overnight here. Mackenzie, we're going to start off with this story from USDA on foreign land holdings. So foreign-owned U.S. land, uh, U.S. farmland spiked last year. U.S. farm acres owned by foreign entities grew by more than 8% in 2022 to 43.4 million acres. The total, however, is only 3.4% of the nation's total ag land. Canada remains the largest foreign investor, accounting for 32% of foreign-owned acres. China, surprisingly, owns less than 1% at 350,000 acres. Since 2017, purchases of U.S. farmland by foreign entities have increased, averaging over 3 million, uh, 3 million acres per year. That's the scary part of this. So this is a quote from the, uh, from the report, and I'll put the full link to this in the uh, YouTube description. Foreign holdings of U.S. agricultural land increased modestly, from 2012 through 2017, increasing an average of 0.6 million per year. Since 2017, the number you just gave us, foreign holdings have increased by an average of nearly 2.9 million acres annually, ranging from 2.4 million to 3.4. So the trend in foreign ownership of ag and non-ag land has increased substantially. If you if you didn't give me the number and I had a guess, I would have said something lower than 3.4%, I think. Oh, really? I feel like that's a lot. Three three point four out of every one hundred acres is owned by a foreign entity. Yeah, I think it's a lot too. But for some reason, I thought it would be higher than that because there's so many red flags with lawmakers talking about foreign ownership. So I thought it was clipping along a little bit faster than that. Okay, so this is probably going to trigger some comments like what, and I don't actually know what the government's doing about this, if anything. I know that there have been like some <clears throat> some bills and proposals. I think this is part of the reason why uh, land values are through the roof. Right. I mean, you not only have farmers competing with farmers, but now you've got farmers competing with venture capital and also apparently foreign investors, um, a bigger player than than I would have guessed. And uh, I know we get comments all the time about uh, like land sales and cash rents in particular, like how in the world does somebody buy this land and make it cash flow or make it work? And and the, the answer is it doesn't. Right. It doesn't. But there's yeah. just there's just such a phenomenal amount of demand. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on this, drop them in the comments. I thought this was an interesting report. I'll put the link to the full uh, deal here in the uh, YouTube description. It's like 20 or 30 pages long if you want to read through it. NOPA released November crush data on Friday. NOPA members processed 189.04 million bushels of soybeans in November, the second largest crush for any month on record. The November soybean crush was down only marginally from the record large crush that we saw back in October and up 5.5% compared to the same month last year. End of month soybean oil stocks in November rose for the first time in seven months, reaching 1.2 billion pounds. The highest end of month oil supply uh, oil supply since August. Stocks increased 10.4% compared to the end of October, which marked a nine-year low, and were down 25.6% versus November of last year. When it comes to soybean demand, we talk about exports all the time because there's a new story like every day. But this is actually the bigger component of your demand base. USDA projects that domestic processors will account for 55% of all demand for U.S. soybeans this year. So this is excellent. I mean, it's an excellent number. Uh, it beat expectations. Soybean oil stocks, I mean, they couldn't go down forever. 
they're still seasonally super, super low. We're using a lot more soybean oil for uh, renewable fuels and that sort of thing. So this is all, it's a positive input when it comes to the soybean market that uh, the biggest piece of your demand base is very, very strong. Crush margins are historically excellent and uh, should continue to be that way for a while, I think. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. At the end of last week, we did a couple fun videos. We did a mailbag video, and then we did we did a social media circus on Friday where we discussed um, some pretty interesting educational comments, I guess I'd say. DP is theft, uh, is it? <laughs> I don't know. What were the other ones? And so I don't even remember. Uh, there were so many. Um, I can't recall off the top of my head. So social media circus we go through, and this is a fun video we do on Fridays. We comb through all the social media outlets and, and look for interesting stuff. In the mailbag video, uh, we had a, this one of the questions. There were like 10 questions in here. One of them was actually, um, I feel like a lot of the stuff we've had is like, Joe, I don't have enough bushel sold. What should I do? This was one where actually uh, somebody made some really good marketing decisions, and they had some deep in the money puts. Uh, which is something that a lot of you guys have probably never experienced because usually if you have a put option and uh, it ends up in the money, somebody will tell you that you have to roll it down, which is not the way I like to do it. But anyways, we uh, kind of ran through that scenario and a whole bunch of other grain marketing scenarios. Guys, uh, check out the premium deal today. Um, this is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Uh, the subscription includes our premium videos. There's a new one every single business day. Morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time uh, every single business day. That email includes all of our grain marketing recommendations. And it's basically all recommendations for cash sales broken down by crop, by crop, year, by percentage. We track everything that we advise at the bottom of the email every single business day for, uh, I think, at least two marketing years. So uh, check that deal out, guys. Uh, sign up this morning, and I will forward you a copy of this morning's email. Rain is slated to return to Brazil this week. Accumulation is expected to begin tomorrow across some of the country's most important soybean areas. Daily rainfall should continue at least through Saturday. This week's rains will bring much needed relief to the central and northern areas of Brazil that continue to run substantial moisture deficits. So there is going to be rain, but it's been dry and they're still dry. And if you look at any of the soil moisture maps, um, central and northern areas are still well below normal. The question is this, how good can the soybean crop be with less than normal precipitation? And, and the way it looks, even the forecast looks as if a lot of this is going to continue to run below normal in terms of rainfall. Um, you go a little bit further south, Argentina's in good shape, Paraguay's in good shape, Uruguay's in good shape, and uh, these rains coming here the next five to 10 days, uh, it's it's definitely a positive and should kind of hold things together in terms of potential. There's still a lot of debate, though, about what is possible uh, with these moisture deficits in those key soybean areas. We had some good news from the Biden administration last week. The administration announced it would recognize the GREET model for companies seeking tax credits from sustainable aviation fuel. The model is a pathway for corn-based ethanol to qualify for SAF tax credits. Ethanol producers, along with farmers, view SAF as one of the only remaining ways to grow ethanol demand. The administration is planning to update, update the methodology by March 1st. The update could impact ethanol producers as the administration is expected to tighten SAF feedstock requirements. Big victory, big victory. Now the next thing is, is what are the changes going to be to this GREET model? And we're going to have to wait another two or three months for that. This is from the Reuters piece. The GREET model uh, now will be updated to incorporate new data and modeling on emission sources like land use change and livestock activity, as well as strategies producers can use to lower emissions like carbon capture and storage, renewable gas 
uh, renewable natural gas and climate friendly farming practices. That's what the IRS said. So this is a victory, but uh, the devil could be in the details. I think all in all, um, a good thing. And we're going to need increased demand for ethanol, I think, down the road. Large money managers trimmed their net short position in the corn market last week. During the week ending December 12th, the funds were net buyers of 7,000 contracts of corn, funds were net sellers of 6,000 contracts of soybeans, and the funds were net buyers of 29,000 contracts of SRW wheat on the week. A lot of people think that the large money managers are uh, kind of like winding down for the year and that maybe we won't see a whole lot of activity the next couple of weeks. Um, when you look at the seasonal chart of the fund position in the corn market, this is the second largest net short from a seasonal standpoint of the last 10 years. Funds were more heavily short the corn market going into the end of the year in 2017. Uh, but aside from that, this is a pretty heavy net short. You look at this chart, there's actually not much of a trend here. I think there are five years where funds were net short out of the last 10 going into the end of the year. And I think there were five years where they were net long. So there's not there's not much of a, a seasonal trend in terms of how the funds are positioned. But yeah, they've got a pretty heavy net short going into uh, end of the calendar year, I suppose. USDA reported flash sales of soybeans on Friday. U.S. exporters sold 134,000 metric tons of soybeans to China for delivery during the current marketing year. Exporters also sold 447,500 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. As of last Thursday, the U.S. soybean export book was running 20% below the same period last year. Yeah, I think we may play catch up a little bit. Um, and a lot of these, as we've said repeatedly, every time these sales pop up, like I think a lot of it hinges on Brazil. If the Brazil crop is, is you know, 155 or better, um, do some of these get canceled? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to argue too much with it, though. So you got some you got some positive demand news when it comes to beans. I mean, crush numbers are good. We've seen better export activity. We're maybe not quite where we need to be. We've still got issues when it comes to the Mississippi River in particular, that paired with the, the uh, Panama Canal issue, the PNW has been the really good market that's been uh, competitive. What did cattle do on Friday? Uh, they ended on a high note. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 224 higher. They were an average of 668 higher week over week as of Friday. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck 12 higher. They were an average of 371 higher for the week. Cash cattle trade last week was light and disappointing. In the Southern Plains, cattle traded at 170, which was a dollar lower compared to the previous week. Nebraska and the Western Corn Belt sold cattle between 160 and 168, which was one to three dollars lower compared to the previous week. Box beef prices moved higher last week. Choice closed Friday at 291.64. That was up 363 for the week. And Select closed Friday at 260.82. That was up 292 for the week. Outside markets this morning, pretty quiet. U.S. dollars about flat. Stocks are up a little bit. Bonds up a little bit. Crude oil is up 62 cents in the February WTI at 72.39. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you on Tuesday morning.